Thanks for joining us again at the Canadian Breakpoint, a Canadian infectious disease podcast by Canadian infectious diseases physicians. I'm Summer Stewart, back again with Dr. Rapina Purewal, pediatric infectious diseases physician from Saskatoon. In this episode, we'd like to recognize World AMR Awareness Week, held November 18th to 24th. It's a time to build awareness of the rising rates of AMR, discuss long-term plans to combat this rapidly growing issue, and encourage action on antimicrobial resistance. In Canada, we can do more, together, to address AMR. In honour of World AMR Awareness Week, the Canadian Breakpoint invites Dr. Terry Wurz to discuss the Manitoba AMR Awareness Campaign, as well as the importance of AMR awareness and having a plan. Dr. Pierwall. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our podcast, The Canadian Breakpoint. We have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Terry Wirtz, who is an assistant professor in adult infectious diseases and internal medicine at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg, Canada. He completed his residency training in internal medicine at Dalhousie University and in adult ID at the University of Manitoba, and later obtained a master's degree in epidemiology through the University of London. In addition to general infectious diseases, he also practices clinically in tuberculosis and on the general internal medicine teaching units in Winnipeg hospitals. Dr. Wars has an interest in improving the way we use antibiotics in our healthcare system. Although Manitoba does not yet have a formal provincial antimicrobial stewardship program, he has spearheaded the creation of a website for healthcare providers to increase awareness of antimicrobial resistance and empower clinicians to practice wiser use of antibiotics in day-to-day practice. The public website called the Manitoba AMR Alliance was founded in November of 2022 and can be found at manitobaamr.ca. So welcome, Dr. Ritz. So nice to have you here today. Well, thank you very much for having me here, Rupina. That's perfect. And so obviously, Terry and I know each other because he was... Um, actually, my preceptor in infectious diseases when I did infectious diseases in Manitoba. So I know, you know, a lot about um, Terry and the program there. And so it's uh, always a pleasure to have, you know, our colleagues back on uh, on uh, on episodes like this. So today we're going to talk about a very important topic, which is antimicrobial resistance. And a lot of our listeners are quite aware of some of the antimicrobial resistance patterns, We've talked about the CARS report early on in the podcast as well. And so they can definitely tune into one of our first episodes for the most recent CARS report to kind of get some information about what and why we're actually talking about this today, because it's very important. Um, and I think most of our listeners are involved in some form of stewardship at their hospitals or have heard of stewardship programs. And so I think today we really want to focus on especially how you know, how can we how can we make things better? And so why don't we talk a little bit about by telling our listeners what the AMR awareness campaign really is and and you know what why was it so important to start this from your end? Yeah, thanks. So I mean I think that one of the things that your listeners will be all too aware of is that antibiotics really are a double-edged sword. And so what it means is that Antibiotics are extremely effective at treating certain bacterial infections, and they've saved millions of lives since their discovery. It's so important that we have effective antibiotics so that our healthcare system can really continue to function the way that it does. 
they're they're a backbone for so much of what we do in healthcare today. But on the other hand, antibiotic use leads to antimicrobial resistance or AMR. So bacteria, uh, as we use these antibiotics, bacteria find clever ways to become resistant. So then those bacteria can pass on their genes to others and increase antibiotic resistance in a population. So we really need to continue to use antibiotics. We want to use antibiotics. We want to use the right antibiotics when they're needed, but we need to limit their overuse, which is speeding up growth of AMR. And that's really where the AMR awareness campaign comes in. The AMR is a global threat. It's estimated Mm -hmm. in 2019 that 5 million deaths were associated with AMR infections. And, you know, a lot of people might say, well, all right, that's for the world. And it's true that in other countries, AMR is a bigger a bigger current global threat, you know, than in Canada, but it, it's here. Right. AMR is, is local, right? In 2019, exactly. here, there's 13,000 deaths associated with AMR here, and, and it's a growing issue. So we need to take it seriously. We need to know uh, that it's a current issue, and we need to know what to do about it. So the World Antimicrobial Awareness Week, World the World AMR Awareness Week, I should say, is a global campaign, and it's designed to raise awareness and understanding about AMR, make it more visible, what can we do to prevent it? And that's what it's really all about. Yeah. And so, and you talked a lot about, um, or in an introduction here, we just heard that you created the Manitoba website that obviously um, encompasses some of the resources as part of the AMR campaign. So in terms of this initiative, so obviously it's, uh, I guess your one year anniversary is coming up for the website and the initiative creation. So what led you guys to kind of consider launching this initiative? And and can you give our audience a bit of a glimpse of kind of what this entails? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Canada actually has an action, action plan for combating AMR. So the four pillars that they recommend uh, we address uh, include the surveillance, better surveillance of AMR uh, in Canada, boosting infection control, prevention, uh, strengthening research and innovation. But the fourth pillar is antibiotic stewardship. And so the AMR Alliance uh, Manitoba, it's an initiative on that fourth point, which is uh, stewardship. So we want to raise awareness for AMR among healthcare providers, but we also want to give them really good tools for stewardship that they can use in their day-to-day practice. So I'd like to say that the website, it's really a, a, a grassroots campaign that we started um, just out of conversations with colleagues, we had this idea that we were really committed to wanting to be able to, to talk about antibiotic stewardship, to start something in Manitoba. And at the same time, we didn't have a provincial program, uh, a clinical program for antibiotic stewardship. So so the, the website is, is something that we uh, wanted to bring to, number one, raise awareness. Number two, provide some resources. Number three, create a community. So that we could actually have a community where we could share resources, uh, talk about what we're um, what we're doing as people in uh, healthcare providers in the province that are interested in antibiotic stewardship, and talk about what's working, uh, what where we need to go from here. And uh, the other idea behind the website was the idea mm-hmm. of a pledge. So you have this concept in psychology actually that if you uh, want to promote a behavior in yourself. Stating it publicly is uh, a very good way to do that. So, you know, if you want to talk about New Year's resolutions, uh, right. going to the gym <laughs> five days a week, uh, yeah. one of the steps on January 1st that will help you to achieve that goal is to go ahead and state that publicly. 
I will be doing this. You know, you can shout yeah. it to social media or to your friends or announce it at, I don't know, at family dinners. <laughs> In this case, we want to uh, promote antibiotic stewardship and bring that level of commitment to this day-to-day clinical practice. So that's mm-hmm. those are some of the ideas creating the website. Perfect. Yeah. So you kind of talk about this accountability, right, to AMR. And so I think I think on a day-to-day basis, all of us feel like we're doing or we're trying to do a good job with antibiotic and antimicrobial use. But obviously, I think these types of awareness campaigns really bring out that initiative to actually look back and reflect upon ourselves, right? So as healthcare providers, are we really doing everything possible that we can to reduce these resistance rates and focus on really, is this the best decision? And I think sometimes it becomes difficult because when you have that clinician hat on and then you, you know, kind of have to switch gears to thinking about more of global or and even like, even if we think it is a national effect that we're creating, it can sometimes be a bit difficult as healthcare providers, I think. But I think these types of pledges and certain tools and knowing that your colleagues across you know, either interprovincially or in the province are doing something to raise awareness towards this, I think really helps with that accountability. So this is fantastic. I'm actually really excited to hear more about it. So in terms of some discussing some of the tools that you've created, so how can people or is it only Manitoba, like, is it people really from Manitoba, like healthcare providers in Manitoba currently that can access some of the tools there? So we, we created this campaign for healthcare providers in Manitoba, Rupina, but it, yeah. there's absolutely no reason that others can't access it. So we have, you know, we have uh, a number of places on the website that providers can go. Uh, so the first one is the pledge. I think this is good for anyone to do. I mean, I think I'd like to see as many healthcare providers as possible, you know, sign the pledge. Um, you don't have to be from Manitoba. We'll definitely, you know, keep you on our um our uh, regular mail out list, um, yep. you know, for any new resources that are added to the website. Uh, the other things that we have on the website so far, uh, we've developed a number of cases. So clinical cases, and they are not real cases, but they're, you know, common clinical scenarios that may come up, whether it be a viral upper respiratory tract infection, you know, how do you communicate best management plan to to your patients and, you know, give them really concrete advice and something that they're going to walk away feeling, you know, okay, this is, um, mm-hmm. this, they feel very satisfied and, and happy with the plan and uh, know when to come back. And, uh, and they're not walking away feeling like, oh, they, maybe they should have got antibiotics, for example, because that can right. be, you know, other cases around <laughs> urinary tract infections, uh, sepsis, and we've got more coming out all the time. And then we have a third uh, section on resources. So linking other uh, good work that people are doing, you know, we have uh, one resource that's actually developed in uh, Saskatchewan, which is the viral, which is the viral prescription pad, which I think mm. is a fantastic resource. You know, so there's evidence to suggest that when people take uh, something away from their medical appointment, details, advice about what to do, you know, as opposed to just verbal verbal advice, um, that that um, increases understanding of what the medical instructions and also increases their satisfaction. So again, they're not coming away feeling shortchanged in some way. So I think these kinds of resources are really useful and uh, they just help day to day. And I think it kind of goes back to that same psychology, right, that you were talking about. So from like a patient standpoint, also, they always want to feel, you know, included in their management plan. They want to be involved in their care. And so also 
bringing out these tools and describing something or having like a descriptive analysis or a, a figure, for instance, like these tools, when we take them to our clinic visits, I think is more helpful than just using words. So I think those are fantastic tools. And I look forward to using some of those as well in my uh, clinic, definitely incorporating them, especially with this viral season that's coming up, right? So remembering that even in like I'm in pediatrics and majority of our infections usually start off as viral, right? Even ear infections. <laughs> and so cold flu and COVID season is upon us. So I think. Yes. And so very timely. It's really great. So in terms of, I think obviously like our overall goal is to reduce and or to create awareness, enhance the surveillance and, and really decrease uh, the resistance patterns over time. Do you have like specific checkpoints or specific goals that you're trying to achieve through the program? Our goals are pretty modest, Rupina. We we just want to reach a large community of healthcare workers and get people to sign up to be AMR champions. That helps us to be able to deliver, you know, all the resources uh, right. to a bigger audience. And we, yeah, we want to just continue to be able to provide kind of high quality antibiotic stewardship resources for people to use on a day-to-day basis. So pretty modest, I think. But as we as we go, we continue to ask, um, you know, what is the most useful thing? So we may expand that over time, just based on feedback. And so I know a lot of people are aware of like the WHO awareness campaigns. And so really haven't probably thought too much about the provincial or even national campaigns. So how does this kind of tie in with the WHO awareness? Yeah, so the World Health Organization also is interested in promoting any AMR awareness and antibiotic stewardship. So they have a um, an international campaign that Canada is a part of. And so Go Blue is a color campaign that takes place every year during World AMR Awareness Week. And yeah. so that falls November 18th to 24th this year. In Canada, actually, the National Collaborating Center for Infectious Disease, the NCCID, who have mm-hmm. been really instrumental in supporting supporting the AMR Alliance website, they are helping to collaborate the national effort. So, um, so it's a national campaign. We're trying to do our part locally just to promote that. And as part of the campaign, we're just in trying to increase visibility. So one of the things that is going to happen is there's landmarks across Canada that are going to be lit up in blue during uh, World Antimicrobial Awareness Week, usually kind of towards the end, either November 23rd or 24th. So we'll have places like the CN Tower, Canada Place, uh, and then Manitoba Legislature in Winnipeg that will be lit up in blue. So the idea is, you know, you can support the campaign by by going and visiting all of these places that are lit up in blue, take your picture, post it on social media. That's really great. I I think it's nice to like incorporate some of these provincial, I guess, landmarks and and just make it more of like a social event as well. So it kind of makes it more fun too. So are there other provinces that are have also done similar websites or pledges that you're aware of? Or is kind of Manitoba been the leader in this right now? I mean, a lot of provinces have probably much more formal antimicrobial stewardship programs than, than than Manitoba right now. But as far as websites, you know, I, I mean, I think Ontario has a has a really great website, but that's as a part of their antimicrobial stewardship program. They've got tons of great resources on there. BC does the same. 
I think there's lots of really great work that's being done across the country, not as much in terms of pledges. So we right. kind of uh, went a little bit of a di- different direction there, but in terms of, you know, just good, just good resources. And, and, and in some cases, you know, that's tied to the, where it is tied to the antibiotic stewardship programs. You can even find some information about statistics on what sort of antibiotics are being used, what are the rates, uh, what are the outcomes they're seeing in the initiatives. So I think those are all really great. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And just a reminder to our listeners too, you know, if you're in a place where you're only practicing community practice, let's say, you can still access these tools and use that there as well. And so I think a lot of our antimicrobial stewardship programs, which I always hear from, you know, our colleagues out in the community, is that a lot of them are geared towards in-hospital services. And so, but obviously any of these resources can be used in that outpatient community as well. So just remembering that. That's true. And we've got on our resources page, we've, we've got an eye towards that too. Okay. Rupina, so for each resource, we sort of highlight this is more applicable for acute care or whether it be primary care, such as the viral prescription pad, or even in the long-term care setting as well. I know there's probably some provinces out there and people who will be listening who probably haven't created or don't know about an initiative that's been done locally or would like to start something like a platform to share resources. So what are, I think, some of the, what advice can you give them or any tips um, if they're looking to start this on their end? Really what you need is an idea and the passion to do it. This is really not something that I would have done if I wasn't um, very committed to the uh, the idea. Uh, but I think, you know, if you're interested in doing it, uh, talk to colleagues, talk to others that might be Similarly interested for for me, like finding an organization like the NCCID that was looking for partners that, that was able to provide the support, for example, for the website, that was a real, a real bonus. So right. I think um, you never know who else might be out there and looking to collaborate until you start asking. Usually, like in your guys' team right now um, and part of your initiative, do you have like a multidisciplinary team that's working with you? Yeah, I, I got. We've got a number of other, you know, infectious disease doctors, also you know, family doctors that help advise. But really, it's being mostly driven by myself and a team of very interested medical students that um, nice. are helping to kind of bring some energy and been really fantastic. That sounds great. Definitely a great uh, opportunity for let's say a QI project or or an initiative at a local center. So definitely, I think some of our, and we have lots of uh, medical students listening to the podcast. So I think that's a good opportunity for them to bring up with their center. So in terms of what's the future? So this is a great initiative. I think um, having such a website and having these resources, and you mentioned like obviously having ongoing tools and getting some feedback from healthcare providers who are using the tools to see if there's anything um, that you can, update, but what else can we do? Or what are you planning on doing with the future of this campaign? So what we're planning to do <laughs> is in the next three months, we want to promote World Antimicrobial Awareness Week. So that's coming up November 18th to 24th. We'll be putting out some links to the national campaign. There'll be some further information coming out to our um, our mail-out group. And really that's our, our focus. But beyond that, we're just going to keep working on developing more resources, a few more that we'd really like to highlight, especially around choosing wisely. Uh, that's been a really fantastic resource in Canada. So that's something that we want to highlight. And 
beyond that, I think, you know, we, we've got a lot of energy and a lot of people that are, are um, listening. So we're always open to new ideas. And then has there been, because I know like sometimes we'll, you know, start a campaign or we'll start um, an initiative and then have kind of research or combined like evaluation of, let's say, like antimicrobial use rates. Now, obviously, we know that with the CARS reports um, yearly and the updates, you know, we look into a lot of the main details there. And some of the stewardship programs are definitely probably doing a lot of more audit and feedback and then evaluating their use rates locally. But is that something that you're doing more provincially from this awareness campaign or thought about doing it? I think we'd love to do that in the long term or even in the intermediate short term. What, yeah. we, what I'd love to see is a provincial program where we can really track all those outcomes that we're interested in. So whether it be antimicrobial use, you know, and outcomes in the hospitals. So for our patients, you know, are they seeing increased length of stay? Are they seeing mortality? You know, we need to track all these outcomes and uh, and then know where we can be uh, better directing our, our resources, not only in the hospitals, but in our long-term care and in the community. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things that are being done and that we'd like to do here, but uh, we're just not quite there yet. So I think, you know, I think there's a lot more that, that could be done there. And then on your guys' website, do you guys have a contact us link or anything like that where other healthcare professionals can reach out to you guys? Yeah, yeah, awesome. we've, got, uh, we've got contact information on the website. And if you have other ideas that can make the website either better, or if you have a, a project that we could work together on, any of your listeners, I'm, I'm really love to hear from you. No, well, that sounds awesome. Thanks so much, Terry. Is there anything else that we kind of missed about talking about the AMR awareness campaign or any, any last few messages that you want to send to our listeners today? No, I think that if we're... Um, I'm going to have one one message that's really uh, that we want to keep antibiotics effective uh, for now and for the future. And the best way that we can do that is by using them to the to their best ability. So I think you know having the having the resources that will uh, support you know how, how do we effectively communicate when an antibiotic might not be indicated or di- even diagnostic strategies that can help us to uh, know when antibiotics are best indicated. You know, this is obviously a work in progress, but it's something we're really committed to. So have a look at the website. If you have an idea, let me know. That sounds fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I'm sure this is going to be a super hit episode and I'm excited to do follow-up episodes, you know, even after the awareness campaigns or if other centers are involved in creating a similar initiative. And so I think, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for us, all of us to kind of think about AMR remind ourselves because I think all of us try our best to do it and you know being in infectious diseases can it's a little bit more helpful when you're always prescribing antibiotics or taking away antibiotics to to do this on a daily basis but really remembering that the tools are there and they're they're out there for everybody so starting early in your careers you know for our medical students remembering that this isn't something where you know you have to do once you're a staff just remembering that you can use these tools early on Thanks so much. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast and thanks for taking the time. Rupina, thanks again for having me. It's been great. Take care. Thank you, Dr. Pierwall and Dr. Wirtz for the discussion. Have a topic suggestion? Email us at thecanadianbreakpoint at gmail.com and follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at C8 Breakpoint. See you again soon.
at the Canadian Breakpoint.